Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Hello and welcome to the Vineyard Online. I am fired up about today's message. Actually, I'm fired up about this whole series. We are in a series called 10 Talks, and we're going through the Ten Commandments this summer. And uh, I, I love the Ten Commandments. I believe that God gave them as a gift, not just to the Israelites, but to the whole world. And in fact, society doesn't work right unless we live by these. And when we do live by these, there's all kinds of freedom. There is, it enables prosperity and all kinds of wonderful things in our lives as a society. But they also uh, really have that impact on our lives personally as well. When we live by God's design and by his plan, it brings us life in all of its fullness. God didn't give us the Ten Commandments as a list of rules. He gave it to us as a roadmap to bring us life in all of its fullness. He is not a killjoy. He wants you to have life in all of its fullness like I talked about last week. Now this week we're going to talk about names. The, 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 the uh, commandment, we're in the third week, so we're on the third commandment. And it, uh, you might know it as don't take the name of the Lord in vain or don't misuse the name of the Lord. Now, names are a big deal. Uh, you know, in our current culture, we have a very informal culture now. And, uh, and we'll say things like, you know, you can call me anything you want, but just don't call me late to dinner. And, and, and we kind of laugh about that. But in reality, our name is a big deal to us. Uh, Dale Carnegie, the, the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, is famous for saying this. He said, a person's name is to that person the sweetest, most important sound in any language. And that's true. We love it when people know our names, when they say our names, and our names are a big deal. We labor over what we're going to name our kids. We try and, you know, we'll get the, the, the baby book and, and find what the most popular names are. We'll look at the meanings, the root meanings of names. When we named uh, Deuce and Josie, Christy and I spent a great deal of time mauling over and praying through and trying to decide what a good name for both our kids uh, were. And we went with the George Foreman method, uh, which makes it kind of easy. I named uh, Deuce, his real name is Christopher Joseph II. That's why we call him Deuce, because he's a second. And then Josie is Josephine Christian, or Kristen. And so, uh, so you know, we just kind of named them after, after us. And so that made it easy. But, but we really did uh, mull that over in, and, and dive into what we wanted to name our kids, because it's a big deal. And, you know, naming is an act of leadership and it's an act of authority. Parents name kids. Kids don't get to name parents. Uh, God has a name. We don't get to name God. God has a name. And his name, biblically speaking, uh, is his character. It's his authority. It's who he is. So biblically speaking, God's name especially, but names in general are a big deal. So like I said, we're, we're going to talk about the third commandment. And I'm, I'm naming this message, the name ain't no game. Uh, and taking the Lord's name in vain or misusing the Lord's name is a big deal to God. And so I want to read this to you from Exodus chapter 20 uh, in verse 7. And it says, and it says this, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not 
hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, as I already said, modern culture uh, is super irreverent, right? Uh, we do not live in an honor culture. We live in a dishonoring culture, if anything. It's very, very casual. For the Jewish people, uh, they, they have been taught historically, don't even think about the name of God when you're in the bathroom, because that would be dishonoring. And for many people, many Christians, the only time we think about God is when we're in the bathroom and we have a quiet moment to pray. Uh, but we are a dishonoring culture. We don't think anything about OMG, oh my God, right? Or Jesus Christ saying his name, or I swear to God. Those, those are just kind of casual statements that flow out. And, and if we say something about that, then, then we're kind of uptight and making a big deal. But we're t using the name of God. In Leviticus chapter 24, we get an idea here of just how big of a deal the name of God was uh, and is. It's, uh, it's, it says this, it says, Anyone who blasphemies the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them, whether foreigner or native-born, when they blaspheme the name, when they blaspheme the name, they are to be put to death. Now, that's pretty scary, right? Now, this is a civil law for Israel in a specific time in a specific context. We're, we're, not, we're not stoning people to death who misuse the name of God in the year 2020. But it was a big, hairy deal to misuse the name of God. And, uh, and, and, and I think in a, in a culture, in a society where it's just very easy to have a very casual attitude about this, we lose sight of what a big deal it is and what a big deal it is to God. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't use the name of, of God. Now, for ancient Jews, um, they wouldn't. God, God gave Moses uh, his name. He said that my name is I am. In the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. But they wouldn't refer, refer to him as Yahweh. They wouldn't say his name because they didn't want to be irreverent with his name. They were that concerned about it. They would refer to, to his name as the name. That's what they would say instead of saying his name. In, in our Bibles, in the Old Testament, most of the time where Yahweh would, would show up, it's translated as the Lord. Um, and so there's been great, historically great effort at protecting the reverence and the honor of God's name. Now, invoking someone's name uh, means that you're kind of a representative of that person. You know, you're familiar with the, the expression, stop in the name of the law or stop in the name of the king. You are, you are invoking the name of the king or... Uh, or the law, or whatever it is, to give you authority as a representative, as an ambassador, as someone who can speak for that other person. And they wouldn't, the Jewish people didn't want to invoke God's name because they didn't feel like they had the, the, the authority to even do that. They, would, they wanted to show reverence, and they just wouldn't assume his identity uh, for themselves. Well, in Exodus 3, 13... Flip over there real quick. Exodus 3.13. It says this. Moses, Moses is having a conversation with God at, at, at the burning bush. And, uh, and God is sending him into Egypt to confront the Pharaoh and to, uh, to win the confidence of the, the, the Jewish people and uh, the Israelites to lead them out of, of captivity. And, 
And Moses wants some authority. He wants to come in the name of the Lord. And, and so this is what he says. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Moses is saying to, to, to God, look, I, if I'm going to confront the Pharaoh, if I'm going to win the hearts of the Israelites, I need your name. I need to come in the name of, of, of you, but I need to know what your name is. I need some power and control here. I need your authority. And God isn't giving in. He's like, I am. Just go, I am. And I, I Yahweh, uh, or I am, or Yahweh is Hebrew for to be. And what God is saying is, look, I am. I am before time. I am after time. I am all powerful. I have am absolute reality. I am utterly independent. I am the standard of truth, the standard of beauty, and the standard of goodness. Now, Jesus comes along later, and his name in, in Hebrew is Yahshua, which comes from Yahweh, Yahshua, and it means Yahweh saves. And, uh, and of course, we can use Jesus' name. He encourages us to do that. And God wants us to use his name. And even in the Old Testament, his name shows up over 7,000 times. He just wants us to use it respectfully. And when Jesus comes along, he, he brings a relational twist to it. The, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, honored honored God to the point that they distanced God. And Jesus was like, no, 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 that's not how we're going to do this. In Matthew 6, verse 9, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. He says, this then is how you should pray. And what does he say? He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And Jesus is like, look, no, we're going to address God, not even his Father. The, the, the word there in the Greek uh, is Abba, which means daddy. It's literally translated, it's the most intimate form of the word father. Daddy. It's, 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 it is informal, but it is respectful. And Jesus doesn't give us the option to take this in a disrespectful direction. He says, hallowed be your name, or holy, respected, honored is your name. So we're to <laughs> approach God uh, with from the perspective of we're his kids and he is our daddy. We have the most intimate relationship possible with him, but we are supposed to be respectful and holy. Uh, we're respectful and honoring to him when we approach him that way. You know, I think sometimes parents are dishonored in this culture. Uh, kids, are, uh, especially teenagers maybe, I don't know, can be very dishonoring to their parents. And, and, and God, I mean, that was just unheard of in their day. And, and certainly not what God wants from his kids. So the question is then, if we are to honor God's name, or we are to, to, to bring uh, respect and, and honor, but we are to be um, intimate, in our relationship with him. We're to, to have a close and kind of an informal but honoring relationship. What does that look like? And what does it mean to misuse the name of the Lord? And I just want to break this down real simply for us today. 
And then just a couple ways that we misuse the name of the Lord or can misuse the name of the Lord. One way we do this is we just use his name disrespectfully. You know, we're just very free and easy. I mean, the God and, and Jesus have become cuss words in today's culture. We will say, and I'm going to say some things that might shock you at first, but hang in, hang in there with me. You know, people throw around God damn or Jesus Christ like it's no big deal. You know, it is a cuss word. For some people, they don't know, uh, they don't know Jesus' name other than as a cuss word. Now, I can say those, those here because I am teaching you. I, uh, and at one point, uh, Jen Lewis, who was on our teaching team, her, her, one of her kids came to her and said, I heard this word at, at school and I don't know what it is. And, and so she, it was a cuss word and Jen told her what it meant. And she said, what are the others? So Jen told her, taught her the rest of the cuss words in an, educational, uh, in an educational environment. That's what we're doing here. But we're awfully casual with it, aren't we? And it's interesting, isn't it, that we don't... Uh, we, it's interesting that we use God's name. We don't, I don't hit my thumb with a hammer and go Buddha or, or Confucius or anything. I mean, we, God's name. No other name has the power or the authority and that's the name that gets thrown out. And so we can dishonor God's name, which is a big deal to God, simply by using it as a cuss word. I think another way we dishonor God's name is cheesy t-shirts. <laughs> hang, hang with me on this one. But we have very, we use God, Jesus's name and God's name in very irreverent ways. Jesus is my homeboy. Well, that's, that's, that's silly. That's, that's disrespectful. There are better ways to be silly than with the name of the God of the universe who created everything we see. Because when we disrespect the name, we disrespect the person. And here we're talking about God our heavenly father who sacrificed his only son for us so we could have eternal life. We're talking about God who created the whole universe. And you're like, yo, he's my homeboy. Like it's, it's disrespectful. Now I'm all for being silly, but there are better ways to be silly. Another way we misuse the name of God is when we use it to get what we want, right? We, we, we'll leverage God's name, we'll drop God's name to get people to do what we want them to do. We see this in, in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 14, there are some prophets going around claiming that God told them this and God told them that. And so everybody should do what they're saying. And this is what God says to the prophet Jeremiah in response to that. He says, then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They're prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. Now, we do this today as well. We go around and say, you know what? God told me. That's, we throw that around real, real loosely. God told me. I, when I was doing college ministry, I can't tell you how many times people have told me that, well, God told me that I'm going to marry him. God told, and then they go tell him that. God told me we're going to get married. You know, it's like, you need to do this because I'm dropping God's name. And he said that it's true. Really? God told you that? How many of those, those potential marriages never worked out? Or on the other side of that, use God as an excuse to break up. You know, God told me we're not supposed to be together. Or, um, I don't feel like, like God's leading me in that direction for us to be together. When really all she wanted you to do is to move out of your parents' basement so that you could have, you know, a trajectory for, towards a life and, and uh, you know, a future. And, and, but that's 
what we do. We, we, we spiritualize it. We drop God's name to get what we want. We, we, we do this to, to get people to do, uh, you know, God told me you should do this. And maybe God didn't tell you that at all. You're just trying to get somebody to do what you want them to do. And in church world, I deal with this all the time. People will, will spiritualize their preferences. God told me we shouldn't sing this kind of music. We should sing this kind of music. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be in this environment. We should have this environment, you know, whatever, to, to get somebody else to fulfill their preferences. Be very, very careful about dropping God's name. What God is saying here is, look, it frustrates me when people misrepresent what I've said or say that I've said things that I haven't said at all. And if you think about it, I know I've had this experience where I've had conversations with people and they've gone on and misrepresented what I've said or they've said they've said things that I hadn't said at all. And it's frustrating. And God says it's frustrating for me too. Don't misuse my name this way. Now, to be sure, God does speak to us today and he guides us. But we have to be humble about it because our hearing is not 100% accurate, right? We have to take what we think we hear God saying into our lives and we need to hold it up to the light of Scripture. And if it disagrees with Scripture, then it's not a word from God. And then even in light of that, we need to present it humbly. Like, I don't know if this is from God or not, but I have this sense or this impression and feel like God may, might be saying this, but, you know, weigh it out. But don't go around using, dropping God's name, using God's name to get what you want. That's one way that many people misuse the name of the Lord. Another way we misuse the name of the Lord is we use it to boost our own credibility. I swear to God. Really? You know, like, like God's going to back you up on, on that? Um, I swear on a stack of Bibles, I, you know, whatever. And Jesus says specifically, do not do this. In Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 33, Jesus is, um, where are we here? Yeah, here we are. Verse 33, Jesus is teaching about oaths and swearing and all that. He says, again, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you've made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, or for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your own head, for you cannot even make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Jesus says, don't drop God's name. Don't even drop, like, the earth, because that's his footstool. You know, don't swear by anything, but certainly don't swear by God. Don't misuse his name to get people to believe you. You, know, you don't have to swear on a stack of Bibles. You don't have to say, as God is my witness. Don't use God's name to get people to believe you. Jesus says, really, just do what you say you're going to do. You know, I, I see this sometimes. Christian business owners will leverage their, their Christianity, their church attendance to try and get business. Like, well, you can trust me because I'm a Christian. And, uh, and I've seen people abuse that trust. I've seen people not act like Christians, not keep their word, but, but and use the name Christian to get the job. And Jesus says, look, you don't, don't do that. Don't leverage your, your name. Don't leverage God's name to get ahead. 
have integrity. That's the way you get ahead. You get ahead in this life by doing what you say you're going to do. So another way we can misuse God's name. Well, an additional way we misuse God's name is we use it to harm others. God damn you to hell. Now I can say that because I'm teaching you right now. Uh, I never say that. That is not the heart of Jesus. You say that about somebody or to somebody, that is as far from the heart of God as you can get. God doesn't, I mean, you're talking about eternal damnation. God doesn't want that for anything, anybody. Don't use his name to harm others. Historically, people have used the name of God to, to justify unjustifiable actions, the Crusades, slavery, things like that. No, that is misusing the name of God. We also can misuse the name of God when we use it to fake our own spirituality. You know, we'll come to church and we'll sing the songs. Well, we don't mean it. We know all the right songs. We know all the right Jesus slogans. You know, God is good all the time, but we don't necessarily believe that or we're not living that out. Or maybe you're never really having a real encounter with God. You were designed to have a real encounter, real relationship with God, but you just use his name to make it look like you do. Now, look, it doesn't mean that we don't show up and sing songs, but here's what it does mean. It means we don't fake it. It means we fall on our face before God and we go, you know what, there is a disconnect between what I'm saying and I want to feel what I'm saying. I want to connect with you. I, I believe these words are true, but there's a disconnect. But we're not going around just faking it all the time. God dislikes inauthenticity as much as we like it, or dislike inauthenticity. Don't use God's name to fake it. It's a wake-up call for your heart when the words of your mouth don't match up with the posture of your heart. You know, we misuse God's name when we deny his name, when we deny the name of the one who bought us. Christians, Christians, we walk around with the name of, of Christ on our lives. We have been adopted into Christ's family. You know, the word Christian initially was not a compliment. The, the, in the early church, the Christians were or the, the Jesus followers were scattered out of Jerusalem by persecution. And they went all over the, the world, but some of them ended up in a town called Antioch. And the people of Antioch hated Jesus and they hated his followers and they hated everything about this new, new faith that was emerging in their town. And that was the first place where they called the followers of Jesus Christians. And it meant little Christs. It was a de de derogatory name. But the G Jesus followers took pride in it. People mocked them and they were like, you know what? That is, a, that is our name. We are part of the family of Christ Jesus. Guys, there is great temptation when Christianity is not in favor to deny the name that is on your life. Christians, be proud of the name that you have. You are part of the family of Christ Jesus. You are part of the family of God. And when we deny the name of the one who bought us, we misuse his name. Guys, there is power in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter four, John and, 
and uh, Peter are walking into the temple and there's a guy outside who can't walk and he's begging for money and, and they say to him, look, we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give to you. Get up in the name of Jesus, or get up and walk. And the guy is healed powerfully in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus knocks Saul off of his donkey on the way to to Damascus. And there is this powerful conversion experience where this guy named Saul goes from being the chief persecutor of Christians to being the chief promoter of Christianity around the world. He ends up writing more than half of the New Testament. And it's the name of Jesus transforms his life. There's power in the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 19, there's this scene where there, there are these seven sons of a priest named Sceva, and, and uh, they are going around doing exorcisms. They're casting out demons, and they found out that there's power in this name of Jesus because they've watched Paul, and, and, and so they're uh, performing an exorcism to a guy who's is, is, got demons, and, and they say to this guy, look, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, because they know there's power in this name. They've seen it in other places. And it's fascinating because the, the demon speaks through the guy and he goes, look, Jesus I know and Paul I've heard of, but I have no idea who you are. And he goes on to beat up these guys and strip them naked and they run out of the house naked. I mean, completely demolished. And you know what that shows us? It shows us you can't invoke the name of Jesus if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The, the name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is it's, it's part of your family name when you're adopted into his family. But you just can't go around throwing around the name of Jesus and expecting something to happen unless you have a relationship with Jesus. I, you know, I can, as a Figaretti, I can go into Figaretti's restaurant and demand very good pasta sauce. I, in the name of Figaretti, I demand excellent pasta sauce and they will bring me a bowl of pasta and uh, with very good sauce. Now, actually, you can probably go into Figaretti's restaurant and do the same thing because we, we, we both have to pay money for it and they bring the same sauce out. But it's my grandfather's recipe. It is my heritage uh, and I have the recipe. I can make it. But, but when you're part of God's family, you carry his name. There is a spiritual authority that you have because you have the name. You come in the name of Jesus. And so we're not to avoid using God's name, but we are to honor him with his name and we are to honor it and we are to bless others with it. That's God's heart. I've heard it put this way, I love this. If you claim the name, don't shame the name. If you claim the name, don't shame the name. But we're to use God's name. We're to be in a relationship with God as our heavenly father. We're just supposed to show honor. In Philippians 2, verse 9, it says this, Therefore God exalted him, talking about Jesus, to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you're part of God's family, he's given you his name. Be proud of that name. Wear it with honor. Guys, we live in a time where Christianity is kind of falling out of favor with the academic community and the 
political community and all of that. Don't back down from the name you've been given. Never deny the name. Now, if you are, are, are here today and, and, and you've never experienced spiritual adoption, that's what Jesus has made possible. He came and he paid the consequence for your sin. He paid it on the cross so that you could experience forgiveness and adoption into God's family, that you would have his name. And that is available to you today. God is just waiting for you to choose him. He's waiting for you to turn around and come home. Forgiveness is waiting for you. And not only forgiveness, but a new name, a new life, and a brand new start. And if you have never experienced that forgiveness, you've never experienced that new start, you've never experienced what being adopted into God's family is like. I want to invite you to do that right now. And uh, just close your eyes wherever you are, bow your head, and you can just pray with me right now. Just say something along these lines. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. I need forgiveness, and I ask that you would forgive me. Come into my life, lead my life, adopt me, Lord, into your family, and give me a new name, give me a new beginning, give me a new life, and help me to follow you for the rest of my days. And it is in your name that I pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer with me and it's the first time you prayed a prayer like that, let me encourage you to let me know. You have to tell somebody. You can't just, just kind of do Christianity on your own. You need to let somebody know. And I've got some resources that I want to get to you that will help you get started in that relationship with God. So if you will do me this favor, text the word follow to 304-242-0463. That's follow to 304-242-0463. Um, we'll send you back a text and we'll make a connection and I will get you those resources. And congratulations, this is the greatest decision you've ever made and the best day of your life. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.